Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Necromaniacs Horror Podcast. How's it going, Jeff? Going all right, man. So uh, it's October, the spooky season. This is our uh, our time of year, and uh, you know, looking forward to the you know next few weeks, watching a ton of movies. And um, have you checked anything out? Uh, you know, anything decent recently, Jeff? Oh God! Well, I think uh, you know we're a little bit under halfway through. Uh, I've watched uh, a horror movie a day. It's something I try to do every October, but I haven't been able to in the last I don't know few years. So this year I've been uh, making a solid attempt at it. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you can see that uh, you know I've, I've been putting on the stories and everything what I've been watching. Um, just watched uh, Tenebrae last night. Ah, classic. Yeah, exactly. Um, not horror, but uh, I watched Mad Max too. That had some horrific elements to it, you know. Yeah, um, it's funny watching it. I was wondering, I was like, have I not seen the original Mad Max before? Like, it just felt so new and foreign to me. Really. Yeah, like, like I'm like I know I've seen it, but like everything that was happening was I don't remember it happening. Hmm. Interesting. It, it, yeah, it's it's a weird phenomenon. <laughs> well, you know, Mad, Mad Max and the and uh, the Road Warrior are they're just two very different movies. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, you know, you can tell like later on the character has been like wandering the desolation for a while. You know what I mean? Right. And, and Mad Max is like a little more recent. You know, in in the cycle of that catastrophe or whatever plunged you know the world into the apocalypse you know yeah yeah exactly like i forgot the original mad max the like, society still exists there's still like law and order and, and, and roads it's not just uh you know dirt but uh it, it was enjoyable and yeah. uh mike like you uh and uh i uh i went to the theater to see the new <laughs> exorcist film <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think we're gonna. We're, I think we're gonna talk about that uh, at some point. So I'll save my thoughts on that for for when we cover it. Yeah, but you saw I, it too, right? I did last last Friday. My girlfriend and I went to go see it at this uh, really cool uh, theater, and um, it's it's um, actually the theater is part of like this arts center, and um, they have like a lot of performances, and then there's like a second floor that has like a couple of small movie theaters. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. So we get, we're boycotting AMC. AMC Good. is like a fucking sewer. If you ask me, man. Yeah, I agree. So we both agreed that we're no longer going to go to the AMC. We're going to go to this place. It's a little bit further away. <clears throat> it's like a, you know, maybe a 25 minute drive. Yeah. It's a nice little town. And, uh, you know, it's it's like uh, just a better experience. Like the people that work there, like like film, like they're not just right. like these like scumbag kids, you know, who are texting the whole time, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same here. We saw it at the draft house, and uh, you know, I I love the Alamo Draft House, and uh, ever since going there, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with AMC. I went to see Oppenheimer and AMC, and it was uh, it was a fucking joke. Yeah, down with AMC, man. I used to go there all the time because I lived like minutes away from it when I, you know, in the form before I moved to Jersey City. And uh, that was like my Friday night, you know, thing I did. But uh, yeah, AMC is a cesspool, man. 
<laughs> it's it's different too when you go by yourself at like odd hours. Like I like to go in the morning. You kind of like to go late at night. When uh, either way, it's less crowded, and it could be. I mean, it's fine if you're if you're just the only person in there. But if it's a packed house, it's it's usually just not a good experience. Or like, you know, I went to like remember one AMC theater where like the the sound was running, but the picture wasn't. It's just it's always a problem. Yeah, yeah. The one um, the one in Jersey City has like a rat infestation apparently too why doesn't that not why, why does that not surprise me yeah i mean the other oh. one i went to out in the suburbs it was still like maybe the movies i went to were not the kind of movies that would draw like big crowds you know like i saw like infinity pool and uh you know Skin right. and stuff like that like you know the last showing on friday night and i was by myself you know so your tolerance is a little bit different when you're alone you're sitting there by yourself like just some loser you know but then like when you have like a lady with you, it's like, oh, uh, you know, everything's a little bit different. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally get it. Um, yeah. you know, speaking of The Exorcist and speaking of things that came out 50 years ago with a new version of it, uh, I, uh, I had to bring this up with you. Okay. There is a new version of Dark Side of the Moon out that came out on the same day as The Exorcist came out, a new redo by one of the members of Pink Floyd, Roger Waters. That's complete blasphemy, if you ask me, man. I was wondering what, what your take about that was. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Pink Floyd fan. They're one of my favorite bands all time. Uh, I was a diehard Roger Waters guy. I thought the band should never go on without him. I still kind of think they shouldn't have. But uh, his uh, this sort of ego trip, <laughs> remaking your own album from 50 years ago, it's not good. It's really not good. I, I didn't. I wasn't aware that that record came out. Um, yeah, I also, I'm a big Pink Floyd fan, I, and I'm not going to be a hipster and say I love like the Sid Barrett version of the band because that's not what I think their strongest material. Except Great. for maybe maybe Astronomy Dominate is a cool song that yeah. Sid involved with. But like, I think when uh, when David Gilmore joined the band, that's when they they got really interesting. Honestly, but yeah, they can't continue the Gilmore and Waters need to be together to do Pink Floyd, you know, that ver later, ver or, you know, that version of the band. So, and I don't back what Roger Waters and some weird ego trip remaking the album for whatever bullshit reason he has. It's something that record came out like, what, like 50, you said 50 years ago or 50 something years like ago, that. Yeah. Yeah. Give yeah. it up, man. Get, move on, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, it, it's so bizarre. I, 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 I listened to it twice now just to make sure that it, it wasn't me. It was like that, that was crazy. I mean, it, it's just such a, like, that can't be, I, I don't know. Like, uh, that's not something that can, you, you can capture lightning in a bottle twice with. It's, it's, it's such, such a bizarre misstep for an 80 year old man to, to, to be like waging this war against his old band members. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny to me. Well, I mean, it's just like it, 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 it's some of these people, these people that make music are really some of the weakest character people there are. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like the fragile egos. And, uh, you know, like if you think about even some of these like legendary guys out there who make one record and then 30 years later, they're still playing those songs. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not going to name any names, but, uh, you know, the chrome, <laughs> the chrome eggs. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't want to name names, but the Cro-Mags were performing songs yeah. that they wrote in the 80s, you know, in this day and age without having written any really 
new material. Well, I guess I'm sp- speaking specifically to John Joseph. I mean, like that guy's a complete like a talentless clown, really. You know, but like, but like, you know, at least Harley Flanagan has like made music that under the right. Comags, which is in my mind, it's his band. You know, and at yeah. least he's attempted to put something together and play those songs. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, I don't know. It's just. um People who make music are like some of the weakest willed people with like those most fragile egos there are, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm one of those guys because I want to announce right here. I am going to re-record the entire <laughs> ISIS catalog by myself. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll start with uh, Oceanic since that was our most popular record. And I really just need to point out that I was the creative genius behind everything. And right uh, on, man. yeah, man, you know, maybe I might call you to like rip, rip some like solos or something, you know, I'm, I'm going to be giving up playing guitar soon. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm not uh, even a play. I'm not even a musician, man. I'm just a guy who, like fucking has nothing else to do with his time. You know, that's pretty much me nowadays. But uh, anything else, anything else in the spooky season? Yeah, I'm trying to trying to think um, most of what I've been watching is uh, just like classics or uh i don't think i've gotten to much that came out this year except for the new exorcist uh rewatch the original uh i got a couple things on on deck here that i, I want to check out some old black and white movies um but well no like what about you what have you been watching have you been doing the 31 days of uh, halloween i've been trying to um there's been like a lot of stuff going on, like in the evenings that have been taking up my time, like practice and, you know, yeah, other, other, you know, like think, going to shows actually. <laughs> I saw a bunch of weeknight shows and. Oh, that's right. Last time we talked, like, uh, you, you had a bunch of things coming up. You had, uh, um, yeah, yeah, mayhem. yeah, yeah, mayhem, cannibal, uh, you know, Lebanon Hanover played in Brooklyn during the week, mm. you know, and that that's like always like a, a, a rough one. If you work like a regular job, you know what I mean? To go yeah. Out, come home at like one o'clock in the morning and get up at like, you know, like five 30. I mean, I do it and it's fine, but like, it's not my favorite thing to do, but it was worth it because I've been wanting to see that band perform for like a really long time. Oh, nice. But um, yeah, as far as movies, yeah, the exorcist, and we'll talk about that on our uh, our collective uh, episode. Yes, we will. Uh, the fog. It's always a good oh. one to revisit. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Lost Boys. That's another one that was, you, you uh, too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else has uh, been watching that. I, I've been I've been seeing. Uh, well, that's I, a good one. Yeah, it's like I I I. I after the gym, I went over to, you know, meet up with my girlfriend, eat dinner, and she just had it on. And I was like, oh, shit, I love this movie. So we watched it, and all we ate dinner, it was cool. Yeah, Joel Schumacher. Oh, yeah. Uh, them, the giant bug movie. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe you were talking about the, the French sort of uh, home invasion movie. That would be Il. Ah. <laughs> In the French. <laughs> but, yeah. Them. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, no, I, I had like, um, after we watched the mist, right. Mm. And we talked about it. I was like, man, I, I kind of like would want to check out one of these 1950s, like radioactive bug movies. Oh, so yeah. I, I happened to have them on Blu-ray. So I just, I, I watched it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, in preparation for the, today's episode, I, uh, revisited VHS two. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's the one I always go back to as well. 
yeah yeah but uh but yeah that's that's pretty much it you know like this is uh thursday or friday actually no this isn't thursday we're listening this is airing on thursday but it's friday and uh yeah, tonight okay. gearing up after we're done here i got some more work stuff to do then i'm gonna head out for like three shows with all yeah, war and uh funeral leech and that should be uh fun you know it should be a good time Absolutely. Yeah, we should mention we're doing this like early in the earlier in the morning than we usually do it and don't have a, a ton of time. Yeah. Oh, no, by the way, apologies to everyone for the audio quality. I guess in the last episode, there were some some level issues, which I'm trying to rectify, trying some new things out here. Production wise. <laughs> so, yes. uh, yeah, you know, we're uh, we're just dialing that in. But, yeah, we're, we'll get it right. man. sorry about that. We'll but, figure uh, it out. You know, we are professionals, yeah. people. We try to be at least, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before we get rolling too too far, I want to just give the shouts to everyone. Give the propers to our uh, our brethren, the uh, podcasting Illuminati. Of course, I'm referring to you, the horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse. So, kicking the week off, we have Brandon Legion's Horror Wolf Six Six Six. On Tuesdays, we have Into the Necrosphere, brought to you by Jackie Smith. Wednesday is Everything Went Black, which is uh, a podcast I've been doing for a number of years. And um, Thursday, of course, is Necro Thursday. Friday, the artist formerly known as Break the Apocalypse joins us with Spitball Media. And this week, I got the name right. (laughs) (laughs) Saturday is a day off. You can go out and enjoy yourself. Um, go, you know, go out to the pumpkin patch since it's uh, October right now. But on Sunday, who actually, Carl's actually uh, putting out two episodes a week nowadays. So it's uh, Sunday is his regular scheduled episode of Soul Mox. And Carl and I are doing a collaboration called Darkness Weaves, where every month we cover the work of Carl Edward Wagner. And right now, the uh, the final episode, the final not the final episode, but the final story that we cover in in a lonely place is going to air on everything went black, and then we're going to continue with Wagner's other material. We're going to go on to the Kane stories and some of his other uh, you know weird fiction and horror tales. So that's uh, you know look forward to that. Uh, Carl also releases episodes on Wednesdays, I believe, or Thursdays, one of those two days, and then of course. Embracing freedom and lack of a regular schedule, we have Iblis Manifestations brought to you by the one and only Cheyenne of Trivax, the excellent black metal band. If you have not checked out Trivax, please do so. And that's the whole crew, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting bigger. Yeah, man. We're, we're you know, we have this legion of uh, podcasting, uh, you know, like uh, assassins out there, you know? Yeah, man. It's, it's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, so we got uh, voicemails. We got the uh, Necrophone. If you want to call in, it's 908-913-0782. That's 908-913-0782. If you want to leave us a voicemail or whatever, give us recommendations or anything of that nature, please feel free to do so at that number. Up first, we have Jason from Seattle. Hey, guys. Uh, it is Jason from Seattle again. Just calling to say how much I love the episode on The Mist. Uh, killer movie. Can't get enough of it. Uh, love the ending. It's near perfect. Um, uh, wanted to ask you guys, uh, what is your opinion on the movie Nightbreed? 
I do a yearly watching of it, trying to get into it and just see what the big deal is, and I just don't understand it. Um, I don't know. I, I want to like it, but I just I can't, and like everybody tells me what a great movie it is. So I'm going to try and watch it again this year, and hopefully it's better, but I don't have any hopes. Also wanted to let you know a great Pacific Northwest band is doing a tour of the East Coast, uh, Great Falls. Um, they're playing in your area, Mike. If you get a chance to see them, you definitely should. Their new record, Objects Without Pain, is awesome. I think you'll love it. Uh, anyway, have a good uh, week, and uh, hope to hear from uh, your new episode soon. Thanks. So what do you think of the Nightbreed, man? You ever, you ever, are you a fan of that one? <sighs> no. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not. Um, I uh, I got the director's cut on Blu-ray maybe six, seven years ago, whenever it came out. Um, really hoping that would sort of uh, bring it all home, that this was the uh, big vision of Clive Barker. And uh, sadly, the director's cut was just a mild improvement over the original, I thought. Uh, which I didn't like. Uh, the, the, there's stuff in it that's great, but it just doesn't, it, it never came together for me. I don't know how you feel about it. It's okay. It's one of those movies that you feel like uh -huh. a jerk if you say you don't like, you know, but the reality is that I'm not really that big fan of that film either. And um, I, I like the novella, uh, Cabal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, I mean, Clive Barker's writing is way better than any of the movies that they've ever made out of any of his writing. You know, yeah, for sure. Um, it, it doesn't feel the film doesn't feel like Clyde Barker at, at at all. Like it has even even the director's cut just seemed to have this more like fun fantasy sort of tone to it. it it's been a while since I've seen it, but um, yeah, it just uh, doesn't do it for me. But people love that movie. I mean, people swear by it. And uh, yeah, Great Falls. I'm aware mm. of it. I, I know I know Damien and Shane. Um he used to play in uh Playing Enemy. And of course yeah. uh Damien was in uh Kiss a Goodbye towards the end. And um mm -hmm. the other people I've known both of those guys for many years. However, I have not had the opportunity to check them out, and I did not have the opportunity to see them in Brooklyn. And they're mm -hmm. playing tonight in Philly, the same night that we're playing. So I will wow, see their show their show either. So there you go. I didn't know that that was Damien's new band. Like, uh, uh, everyone, not everyone, a few people have told me, uh, 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 my friend Josh texted me about the new Great Falls album, and then I just talked to our mutual friend, Randy, who, who was telling me about the record. He's like, yeah, you know, that's Damien's band. It's like, oh, shit, of course. Yeah, I know Damien. It's been like 20 years since I've seen him, but... Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a minute either, man. It's, I saw Shane um, a couple times... Or when we were out in Seattle on, uh, you know, out there on the, the touring uh, world. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen Damien in a while, but, you know, I, at some point I'd like to check them out. Their new album is very good. So uh, yeah, it know, is good. Be. And um, so up next, of course, we have uh, Mike from Telford, PA. Hey. You know, our, our good friend and regular caller. And actually, Jason is, uh, you know, he's a return caller too. Yeah, yeah. He's a couple, heard from him a couple of times now. Hey, Necro Hoods. It's Mike from Telford here. I'm uh, just calling to touch base with you. Really enjoyed the episode today on Dracula AD 1972. It's one of the lesser Hammer movies, but it's a great one. 
Amber holds a special place in my heart, just like with you guys. Uh, I'm not sure if you've covered these in the past, but a couple of my favorite hammers are Devil Rides Out and uh, Plague of the Zombies. Those fucking movies are great, but I'll watch any fucking Hammer movie and find something to enjoy about it. Just They nail the atmosphere always. And uh, Brother Emilio from the Pennsylvania chapter of Necromaniacs represented last week or this week. Uh, he's talking about the movie Cesis. Uh, Amenabar did that. I can't remember his first name. He, he did that movie with Nicole Kidman and the others. And um, so that's what he was talking about. I'm sure he's gotten a hold of you. Um, anyway, I hope you have a good show this weekend, Mr. Hill. And uh, look forward to next week. Uh, I haven't really checked out a live. I watched a movie called Dark August and one called The Child. And uh, two movies with Mickey Hargitay, which were, I, I don't even know if they're horror movies. They're, they were fucking bizarre. They didn't make any fucking sense. And they were from the early 70s, and the uh, editing style was like MTV style. I didn't regret watching them. I liked the atmosphere, but it was it, they were head scratchers. Uh, one called Delirio Caldo and one called Black Magic Rites, which that's the one. I mean, I would watch that over and over again, but it didn't make any fucking sense to me. And I finally watched a movie from the 80s called Incubus, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. So I uh, look forward to next week, guys. Uh, October's our month, right? So uh, have a good one, dudes. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Later. So, yeah, Dracula, A.D., 1972. Interesting film. Uh, definitely not one of my favorite Hammer horror films, as you guys uh, you guys kind of maybe you like picked up on my sort of lukewarm response to that movie, even though I liked it. It's not like a top hammer film for me do you have a top hammer film oh probably curse of the werewolf actually or 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 uh one of the earlier christopher lee dracula films nice yeah yeah right uh, yeah i'd agree with you on that on that um we, we are going to make a concerted effort to do more of that stuff though um it's it really is kind of odd that we have been negligent in covering hammer horror films because that is like a you know they're they're great for the most part yeah and uh yeah dark august that's something that came up on my radar and um i haven't seen it yet though it looks interesting and um i'm gonna that might be something i check out this month and um so mm. real quick regarding regarding emilio uh who who called in about um about thesis Okay, that's a movie that I've actually seen, and uh, it, it came up when uh, Rennie reminded me of the film, and it's something that he recommended to me like years ago. Antesis is awesome; it's a great movie. Uh, I'm not sure where you can watch it. I'm, I'm not sure where I watched it. I think I rented it maybe from mm. time. But that's a really, really interesting um, kind of brutal movie. So yeah, definitely check that out. Okay, I don't think I was aware of that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that brings us to uh to uh this this week's episode mm -hmm. of VHS eighty five. Yeah. This Mike, this is like the third one we've done in like three months, it feels like. I think so, man. Yeah, um, so like these VH one uh VH one VHS movies just kind of keep cranking out. And I feel like, you know, there's some diminishing returns on this idea too, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is the sixth one in a series. Uh, they kind of changed courses halfway through. Like, well, you know, now they're doing um, 
like decades. You know, I think we had 99 and there was another that was 94. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and now we got 85. Are we going to have and one in the seventies? <laughs> like, I mean, be I, like a 16 millimeter, eight, you know, super eight, seven. Yeah. Or something? I, I, it would, it wouldn't surprise me. I think these things do well. I and mean, I think they're cheap and easy to, well, maybe not easy, but they, they seem to be relatively inexpensive. Uh, and you can crank out at least one a year. I, I swear this, the, we got two last year. I, I, I don't, I don't totally remember, but I just feel like we've been talking about these a lot. And, and, uh, since, uh, since I started doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, I, I kind of feel like uh, maybe they should uh, rethink some of this stuff. To be honest, you know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, I haven't. I didn't outright hate the last two. I think both you and I were kind of so-so on the last couple. Uh, but you know, certainly not not classics. But uh, hey, maybe they will think this one was an improvement. What What I really not. hate, I hate, is how they like will shoehorn in. A couple of really mediocre ones with some decent ones, you know. Yeah, and, and it's like you kind of have to buy the whole thing. You have to you have to check out the whole thing to keep to, to find the good ones. But there's some really mediocre shoehorn in there, you know. Yeah, I, I will say I think the quality of this one was a little bit more consistent. I noticed they had some bigger name directors, uh, guys you recognize. Uh, you had the guy who did the Hellraiser. Um, you had Scott Derrickson, of course, who did Sinister and the Black yeah. Man, and um, uh, the wrong, the wrong turn guy. I'm not sure which of the wrong turn uh, films he directed, or he directed all of them. I don't know. I, I'm not really that familiar with that series. But anyway, it, it, like, it seems to have uh, gone for more named directors, whereas the last few uh, were, I think, just sort of. Filmmakers starting out, I, I could be wrong. There could have been people who've done some shit, but uh, I don't. I don't remember. It's early. And Mike, you liken this to the analog horror movement that's becoming increasingly popular. The other day, that, that, I, I never looked at them that way. I always thought of them as well, found footage. Go more than others, and especially in this in this uh, yeah. Installment. You know, and I, I definitely I can feel that uh, analog horror hand in in some of them. and we'll talk about that later on but of course when i'm when i refer to analog horror i'm talking about um where skinnamarink came from you know mm. that sort of that sort of movement it's like all youtube stuff you know people make these films with like this kind of like retro vibe to it and uh another another interesting installment into the analog horror world is this thing called mandela catalog which uh, you guys can check that out on YouTube. It's like a multiple part type of thing. And uh, the, the Archive 81 podcast is also considered to be part of um, of the analog horror uh, scene or subgenre. Yeah. But yeah, uh, anyway, this uh, VHS 85 came out uh, September 22nd, 2023, a fantastic fest, and then was released to larger audiences October 6th, 2023 on sh on Shutter and it's mm -hmm. 111 minutes long. I think this is one of the longer ones too. Yeah, definitely. Um definitely one of the longer ones. Um Yeah, like I said, some I'm like split, you know, the, when I first put it on, 
I was like the first, you know, the first um, segment. Well, not actually. Let me revise that. The wraparound, tonal mm-hmm. cop. I actually, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But then that first, the first installment, I was like, this is like, I, I just wasn't really into it. Really, that the first one that came up, and I realized there was oh. like a. But yeah. So anyway, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I I watched this on Shutter. I watched this with two other people who who did not like it at all. Uh, I seem to like it uh, a little bit more uh, than them. But uh, yeah, I like I said earlier, I thought this was like more consistent effort from these guys uh, from from this series. I, I I remember the last one being like wildly uneven, and this like it didn't hit some of the highs that they hit in two, but it just felt like uh, much more like, okay, from, from story to story to story, it all seemed to seem to fit. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the wraparound story. There's one thing that uh, caught me. It's interesting. Not only is there a wraparound story, but this is the first time in the series that um, one story is continued later on in another story in the film, which I liked that. But at the same time, I was like, well, there's something. Why not every story connect? Because that's something we haven't really seen yet from from any of these movies. So that's the uh, the no wake story, right? The first one, right? We're talking about that. How that reappears later on in the series. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah, I think same, it's like the first and the third it. story. What's yeah. that? It's the yeah. same guy. I put both of those together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I'd like. Uh, it it was cool, but. I don't know. I, I just thought, why not, why not try to like put these all? I, I was wondering if they were going to go somewhere with that. Like, if if maybe you went back and watched this, you might see that all of these stories are connected. But uh, I don't think that's the case. I'm going to say something really harsh now, since uh, it was <laughs> it's so no wake by Mike P. Nelson and Ambrosia connect. Okay, mm-hmm. and I know that you know. I know that it's like. Uh, you know, look how clever that is that these two things are connected and, you know, and, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, react, you know, people coming back from the dead and all this kind of stuff and guns, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but I gotta be honest. I kind of feel like the, the script for those two connected pieces was written by somebody who doesn't have any ideas. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I'm like watching this and I'm like, all right, that that's the that's the the hook is that they connect. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the story itself is like it's, there's no it's completely devoid of anything original and any kind of like ideas, really. You know? No, I you know watching that one unfold, I got really excited. Um, they're on a lake. Uh, it's it's 1985. I was you, know, you see like a no swimming sign. It kind of kind of brought me back to the raft. Stephen King's The Raft, creepy okay. too. Yeah. And I thought that's kind of where they were going with it. And once it was kind of revealed to be like a crazy gunman, I I, I was a little let down. Uh, I thought I thought the effects were were great when the people are getting shot up in the boat. It felt you know almost too real. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and then the twist of magic water or, or whatever, it, it, the longer it went on, the more I was kind of let down by it. It wasn't bad at all. I just was really hoping for like, a, I love sea creatures. You don't really get a lot of good quality sea creature uh, films or stories. You so don't. I, uh, 
yeah, I was a little let down by that, but uh, I liked to see how the uh, story unfolded across two different parts. Um, I thought the first one was the stronger of the two when it switches perspectives to uh, what I mean. What is it? It's a cult of or, of uh, just one family or something. Yeah, they got uh, that seven, the seven tattooed. You know, that's right. Every, yeah, you know. it's like yeah, yeah, that's vaguely interesting, but it's like. I don't know. I just um, without the wraparound, without the connection, independently, neither one of those stories I thought were interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I thought they were they were solid, but but uh, not great. I also like had a lot of like logistic questions, like how did the people who uh, she killed find out who she was, where she lived? Um, you know, things yeah. like that. But I mean, I guess it's not important to a Know, found footage series but i don't know I, I find myself thinking about those 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 questions a lot uh they did i i wanted like they got like a lot of period detail right in this um so the the, the whole concept for this is we're watching the wraparound story is like on this vhs tape and someone has recorded over it and you get glimpses of uh tv commercials and and all that from like 1985 and I think they actually used real commercials from that period. There was things I recognized that, that I remembered seeing when I was a kid, like the yeah. drinking, drinking and driving, uh, the, the two beers smashing together. Yeah, I think you're right about that for sure. Because, like, you know, I once again, I was, a, you know, a, a kid in the, in the 80s, too, you know, and it's like I remember all that stuff very vividly, you know, seeing that on TV. Yeah. <laughs> So I like that. I like the concept. They've kind of done away with like the wraparound world building stories that the the first couple ones had. You 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 just saw two more recently, so it's probably fresher in your head. But am I right in thinking like the first couple had some sort of world building thing, um going on with a wraparound story? Yeah, a little bit, definitely. Um, I mean, the new decades version of vhs versus the old ones they just i feel like they're completely two different trips you know what i mean yeah like, totally you know the first and and i prefer the older school version of it where it's like i mean just i mean come on man the quality of those segments you had you know benson you had uh benson and moorhead yeah and moorhead you had um safe haven by timo jajanto ah uh, so good adam wingard joe swanberg you had like really I mean, a lot of those guys that that's kind of like in the beginning of their career too, you know. And, and yeah, yeah, Ty West had one too, I believe. Ty West, yep. And it's like it just goes to show it demonstrates just the ability of them. And then now it's like, yeah, I mean, there was some cool stuff here and there, but in general, I feel like it's been a real step back in production. And they're using the excuse of the decades just to like skimp on like production quality. I feel like, too, yeah. You know? Although I gotta say, like, this did feel like. This did feel like of its of its time, but at the same time, I I don't know that these decades, these years have really a whole lot to do with the films. No, there's they nothing. Don't. Yeah, there's nothing particularly like '80s about it. Well, especially the one that I thought was the best. Could it was kind of a timeless story, you know, mm. which could have been told at any time, you know, really, and um, you know, it could it didn't have to be you know but that we'll get to that later though yeah so yeah i'm um, you know, I mean, beating up on no wake and mike nelson 
enough, I think. Well, then what's the next story? Like we have uh, the uh, uh, we're watching some sort of Spanish uh, news news or Mexican uh, news show. I forget. I, I don't have anything. All my notes are on my phone. <laughs> and God of God of death. death. God of death. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, yeah, it's it's uh, by uh, uh, Gigi Sal Guerrero. Okay. And, um, you know, it, it was it was interesting. You know, we had the, um, the Aztec god. You know, Mictalan, you know, there's like some skulls. <laughs> you're under you're <laughs> underground. You know, there's like people getting their hearts ripped out, you know, like uh but you know, I gotta be honest with you, um about even though this was a short, like maybe halfway through, I started thinking about other things. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. It was the the longest and took the longest to get to the supernatural elements. Like, uh, I I was actually kind of like thinking like, oh, this is just going to be like a survival kind of thing. Like there isn't going to be some supernatural twist. I really thought it was just going to be about these people surviving an earthquake, um, which would have been cool. But I, I like where it went. I liked the God stuff. I, this is the one too that also felt like the most budget to me. Like I like you can clearly see those are like paper mache rocks and they're clearly in a yeah. studio somewhere. Like you know what I mean? Um but and it was the longest, but I really I did like this one a lot, even though it, it, it kind of meandered. I like the uh playful banter in the beginning with uh the, the, the news people and they're like talking shit about each other. And uh, all that, I I I really like this one, but it, it it went on a little long. And I know it's weird for just something that's only like twenty minutes or fifteen minutes, but it it, it felt the longest. It probably could have used a little bit of tightening up. The reason why I had a problem with it is because of the the setting is like a setting that is very familiar to me in some of the stuff I read, for example. Mm. Like you know, it's like um. You know the Arthur Mackin like underworld type of setting with these folky sort of you know folklore gods and you know ancient religions and things like that, which I think that's like some of my favorite stuff. You know, yeah, and, that's uh, your that's your trip. Yeah, I love all that. You know, Arthur Mackin, Great God Pan kind of stuff, and and um, yeah. And 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 his uh you know his his uh imitators too like Carl Edward Wagner has um a story like that too that's in in the um in a lonely place uh collection and uh that's when I so I want to see it executed well like I want to have that same feeling you know that same vibe you know like, yeah uh, you know, Robert E Howard has Worms of the Earth you know there's all these like great stories that really capture the feeling of it and this I feel like it was attempting to do something like that and um. Mm. It just it, it 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 was misdirected. The beginning, like, yes, it seemed like it was just going to be like some survivalist kind of thing. You know what I mean? But it yeah. Then you kind of in a short film, you kind of have to get right to the point. And the fact that it was so long, like long for a short, meant to me that it just wasn't really well edited or something. You know what I mean? And that that was my my beef with this one. No, I, I hear you. Because, I mean, we've seen longer stories uh, in anthologies before. Like, we, you were talking about two earlier. And um, the uh, the cult one in two, that's like... A safe Haven, yeah. Yeah, Safe Haven. That's almost like 30 minutes long. But, man, like, 
you don't feel like that one's long enough. Like, uh, like th- th- there's a way, to, or or even going back to Creepshow, you have the um, crate, which is uh, the longest story in in, in a two hour movie, but it never drags and never feels long. This this did like I, I don't know like I, I agree it, it really needed to get to the point just a, a little bit quicker maybe just you know trim out uh, a minute here and there and uh, and it would flow better yeah but, yeah because like when, not bad when it actually kicks in it's kind of engaging you know what I mean and um, yeah and I I wish they would have filmed it in a cave <laughs> you know yeah it's very clearly a studio <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do like the banter between everyone, you know, talking shit and everything. I thought that was uh, that was nice. It had a sense of humor to it, which is another thing. I, I, I while watching this, this seemed to be the most outwardly like tongue in cheek, funny one uh, of the six. I thought, and they're getting more and more comical to me. Yeah, and that's kind of like the other the other side of the coin for me too. Is like, yeah, I, I you know. I'm not a totally unfunny, stoic asshole. You know what I mean, but I also like when horror horror is is horrific, and the it's when you put too much comedy, it just dilutes it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe they're relying too much on the gimmick of the the decades and the years to to get them by. I don't I don't know. Uh but yeah, all all in all, that was a that was a pretty solid one. The next one. The next story, like I still don't know if I liked it or hated it. Uh, I'm pretty neutral. I don't, yeah, and that's the thing. And and the the fact that I'm neutral about it means that it it was like kind of a failure, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know what I did like about it is this did remind me of being a kid in the '80s and turning on cable access or something or tv at like one or two in the morning you got this like fucking weirdo <laughs> giving a speech in front of like four or five bewildered people it totally nailed that vibe to me of like of public access tv just weird 80s shit i i really like that about it but this one itself this one felt like it went on forever too yeah also just the predictability of the whole thing too yeah, and and you know what? I, I was talking about this with with one of the people I watched it with. Do you think eighty five like is a little early for the virtual reality like headset thing that they were doing? I, I I don't really. I mean, I was just a kid in the eighties, but I don't really remember virtual reality being a thing at all. I I could be very wrong. Well, not definitely not VR, but like that's when like Tron came out. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And- there was this, you know, maybe they're misusing the term, but there was this idea of like a digital, like, you know, other world, like that kind of thing. Like, like video game stuff was like, I mean, now it looks very primitive, you know, but back yeah. then, you know, Tron looks like dated, doesn't look, doesn't look futuristic at all, you know what I mean? But it's like, right. That was like, everything's going to be neon and dark and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think referencing Tron in this one is kind of what you know valid in my opinion but yeah yeah okay. wasn't a thing you know at all you know maybe like i don't know when did uh when did neuromancer come out the gibson book did that came out did that come out in the 80s oh yeah okay yeah so neuromancer came out in 1984 okay so you there think you this go. was influenced by that um probably not directly you know but mm. like whoever um natasha kromani 
maybe I mean I'm not I'm not going to say that she isn't familiar with William Gibson, but she might have been aware of the stuff that influenced him that that he influenced. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, you know, like the Matrix and stuff like that. You know. Right, right. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny too. The obvious wink to the audience when the guy refers to something has as his iPhones. Yeah, yeah, that was a little. Uh, I mean, a, a little eye rolly, but um, I mean, whatever. Like, I appreciated this one more than than I liked it. I, I think, I think I know what they were trying to do, and um, if I'm right, I think they were successful at it. It was yeah. The weirdest one of all the stories, and maybe the most ambitious, but uh, I don't know that it was a complete success. Like I've never been to, art, I never went to art school or anything like that. But I've I've had girlfriends <laughs> who went to art school, so uh, haven't we all? Have like uh, you know? I remember there there would be these um, board reviews of work, you know, where everyone would show their pieces, and you know, until oh, yeah. there's like. There's the, the people who are mostly partying and not doing art. And then there's like the ones who are trying, but didn't really have a, like a solid vision. And then there was like, you know, like the Aaron Turners of the world. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. We were just who on were a different like level. On, on another level completely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so this one felt more like the middle of the road in an in a art thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like you, trying real hard, but not quite, not quite there. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah, you just brought back so many crazy memories, man. I remember dating someone who went to mass art and went to like their like just like the thing, like the end of the semester thing and everyone's projects. And dude, it was I mean, it wasn't supposed to be, but I was howling with laughter, man. It was funny. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in forever. Uh yeah. but yeah, you're right. You're right. This totally is like it is like that. But uh it, yeah, it wasn't a d disaster. Or anything like that. But, you know, it's okay. So, like, the next one up after this one is uh, Ambrosia, which is, like, the, um, you know, the one that's the wrap, the second half, I guess, or the the, the mirror image of the first one of, of uh, No Wake. Right, yeah, exactly. So, this time we see it from the killer point of view. And, uh, again, this one starts off kind of humorous. And I like cult stuff like that. Um, I mean, I'm not sure bringing them all together for this was was the right move. I like that maybe uh, it's connected, but you don't really see those characters again. But uh, you know, they introduce the magic water, so that has to have some kind of payoff somehow. And 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 this is it. And uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Like, again, not not what I was hoping it would be, but it was it it was still good. It was. Uh, Probably the most humorous, I think, uh, uh, of all of them, all the stories. Yeah. Give me one second here. Yeah, so I can see furiously writing down. Yeah, I got like some email shit for work here. Oh, right on. Sorry about that. That's all right. So that that um brings us up to what I think is the best one out of the entire bunch here, and that's uh, Dream Kill, 
by Scott Derrickson. And as we mentioned earlier, Scott Derrickson is behind uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, uh, Black Phone, uh, Sinister, you know, mm. fans of Sinister for sure. Yes, like Sinister a lot. Uh, not really a huge fan of much else he's did. I know he did, he did a Marvel movie. He did Doctor Strange. Uh, I didn't know he was the one who did this. When I looked up the directors after, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, it also felt like the most feature-length film idea of, of, of all of these. This could have been a movie in its like self. I, I feel like this one could have gone on for at least I, I don't know, it was like forty-five, like a full like TV episode. Like it felt like it needed that. There's a lot going on. Definitely, um, but I, I kind of like the fact that it was a short, though. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's sort of. Um, I, I this is definitely enough material there for like a long, like a full-length film. But also, I kind of yeah. like it's like this short burst of energy, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah, and of course, the most recognizable actors. Uh, in this, so I think this might be the first time in a while there there was actors that I recognize. You have uh, Jason Ransone, who's been in all of uh, Scott Derrickson's uh, stuff. He's also, you know, from the The Wire, all kinds of TV. Great actor, uh, and you had uh, his partner there. I didn't write down his name, Freddie Freddie Rodriguez or something like that. Like yeah, yeah, from Six Feet Under and from the Great. Underrated Harsh Times, great movie. Oh, yeah. um, ha haven't seen him in a while, so it was good. Good to see him pop up again. Um, well, this this one, in my opinion, has got it all, man. It's got like you know, it's like almost like this weird modern weird fiction element to it, with like dreams being manifested on these like videotapes and like you know the future and, and just darkness. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, like. It, it, you really see like the uh, the sinisterness of it, like the the like that. This is the team that brought you sinister. You, you see it in this, like yeah, you see this uh, found footage of uh, of these murders that haven't happened yet. Yeah, this was this was definitely the coolest idea uh, of the bunch. And I feel um, like this kind of like what the older VHSs would normally do they would have these like these really creative ideas like framed up in these like short pieces you know with like limited budgets you know and this one feels like it would fit alongside something in vh1 vhs1 or two or you know and i really enjoyed this one and um yeah and and just uh this also has that very very obvious well i'm not gonna say obvious but to me it seems like an obvious uh analog horror vibe to it mm. like the stories told and you know if any if any of you guys out there want to check out what i'm talking about definitely look into like you know the mandela catalog and you'll see what i mean there's like this i'm not saying it's exactly like that but the way that the story is told is similar in some ways you can see there might be as a, an influence and that when we talked about skinnamarink i think that we mentioned that this is going to be something that's influencing you know future film and i think even that whole movement and filmmaking is it starting to influence you know more mainstream stuff like this? Yeah, for sure. I, I I wonder if this was a full idea they had that they could never get made, or if this was an idea they always conceived as, as a short. It's the same writer too as a sinister guy, or I mean, yeah. it's a sinister film. Um, 
yeah, I, I mean, it's, to me, like, uh, yeah, like, I wanted to see a longer version of this, but uh, I'm happy with, with, with what we got. Uh, and I agree with you, it really does have more in common with the, uh, the older movies. Like, this could have been, like, the first one in the first couple of movies instead of like the closer of this movie this this one yeah quality wise it's it's definitely definitely the best um and yeah such a cool idea you know, you know what might be fun to do at some point is to rank all the entire catalog like as far as like which ones are our top 10 out of all the vhs uh entries oh, yeah this yeah, one that's... i think this would be one of my top 10 i think yeah, definitely. Of all the stories, yeah, for sure. Maybe even, probably even top five. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah, and then the wraparound story. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just found that to be fucking interesting, man. Like, I thought that was cool. I, I um, It almost has, like, this, like, Thomas Ligotti, like, vibe to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, And this was the director of... um. The Ritual and the new Hellraiser and uh, the Nighthouse. I think you and I are both sort of whatever about, about this director. Um, but yeah, this again, it, it was very humorous. Um, uh, I, I, this one, like the humor really landed. I, I found this one to be pretty funny. And I liked, uh, um, I liked the creature. You know, I like the idea of this shape-shifting thing that people uh, can't quite figure out. And yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was a good good way to, to, I guess, sort of loosely tie it all together. I think so. And, um, it, but I mean, that this one is, is probably one of the stronger elements of this, this whole thing, in my opinion. You know, I mean, it was, yeah. um, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe if you, assembled it as one piece it wouldn't stand up maybe but like the way that they presented it i thought was really cool right yeah this is the thing that that's not on the vhs that is being taped over for all the segments that's that's what i what i read that's why it's the wraparound but yeah yeah pretty solid i mean like look if you, if you're a fan of these movies you're probably really going to like this if you're not a fan of the movies you're probably not going to like it um, I watched it with someone who'd never seen a, a VHS film before and they did not like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm at the point right now where back when they first started doing VHS, I was like, this is very cool. I enjoy this. Yeah. And yeah. they started doing this, you know, the, the next installments. I was looking forward to them. I'm like, Oh, cool. Another one's out. Let me check it out. There's always something in here that I dig, you know, or there, I'll find out about a new filmmaker, or, you know, or Ty West, you know, people like that, I'd find out about them. And now I'm like at the point where I'm like, oh man, not another one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any idea that this was coming either. Just see, for me, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, I just felt like uh, I, I didn't have as much enthusiasm about it. You know what I mean? Right, you know? yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, so, yeah. What's that? What do you rate this one as? Uh, I think this is a little bit better than the last two. I can't remember what we gave the last two. Uh, I want to say it's it, uh, the last couple we gave either two and a half or three. Um, I'm going to say three and a half. Like, it, if I'm going to go back to any of the last three, it'll probably probably be this one. And I can see myself revisiting at least the last couple stories again. So 
Three and a half for me. This is a, a step up from the last couple. I gave it a three point five too, and only nice. pretty much strength of Dream Kill. Yeah. Um, Mike, if they do another one of these, what year do you want to see? I don't know, man. <laughs> Future, maybe you know. That's interesting. Like, oh, like V, like VHS, like uh, you know, fucking twenty thirty five or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you next week, man. Take care. Later, everyone.
Got it wrong. All right, we did it.